0: Welcome to broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience in Allen, Texas, or at church1132.com. All right, this is a great day. This is a good day. Why don't you say it? This is a good day. This is a wonderful day. No, like we're repeating this together. This is a wonderful day. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm going over Some of y'all aren't convinced. I'm going over. I'm not going under. God didn't bring me this far to let me down. He didn't bring me this far to let me drown. I'm the head and not the tail. Come on, let's give Jesus praise today. We just wake up something. We just want to wake something. Such a powerful force in the earth, the body of Christ, the church. You know, God's way more excited about what he's doing in the earth than any of us are. And we need to align. There's like there's a real level of excitement in your church family. And that's a wonderful treasure, a wonderful gift. But I believe that what we need to do is couple that enthusiasm and couple that excitement with a measure of faith that literally pushes back the gates of hell that will never prevail against the church. We want to be all that God's called us to be. This morning I woke up and, and, uh, and I heard the Holy Spirit say that the conclusion of our time together would be smashed chains. Crush, I just saw crushed chains all over the floor. How many of you believe there might be some chains of bondage in your life you're not even aware of yet? Yes. I... Uh, I'm going to stir you up a little bit today. You might not like what I have to say. You might not like my message. But, uh, you know, I want to be obedient to the Lord. Uh, In fact, I kind of hope you don't like the message in your natural man because the, the kingdom of God is all surrounding this crucifixion. And, like, we all want to celebrate the resurrection, but I've just learned you cannot have a resurrection if you do not first have a crucifixion. Everybody wants to be a diamond. Nobody wants to go through the process it takes to get there. And it is a process. There's pain, there's heat, there's pressure, there's problems. And I believe God's going to instill in us an impartation of healthy faith. I, I didn't come just to pep you up, give you a nice pep talk. I'm a motivational speaker in different forums but I'm not a motivational speaker in the house of the Lord. I am agent of declaration today, and the anointing destroys every yoke of bondage, and there are people in the room that have got things going on in their heart and in their mind, they don't even realize they're misaligned with the purposes of God, but today, God's bringing an alignment of heaven to earth, and I believe He's awakening and a force in the earth that's discovered in the body of Christ, and I want us to go there. I really want us to go there. I heard the Lord this last week as I was praying for you. I pray for you often. You are what we call in Destiny a network church. We pray for you, we pray for your leaders, and we cover you. This week as I was praying, I felt the Holy Spirit say that I mean, it's okay if we just talk a little bit about what God's interested in, right? I had not started preaching, I just want us to kind of get to know each other a little bit. Those of you I've not met, it's good to meet you. I felt the Lord was just saying... That This morning there was to be an opening of our lives so that a cross-pollination of spiritual gifts would begin to take place. And I want to say we need you, and we need your gift, and we need your strength. I'm stronger if you're strong, and you're stronger if I'm strong, and we're stronger if you're strong. We need each other. There's a cross-pollination to take place. So the promises of God belong to us through our yes and amen. You ever read that verse of Scripture? Yes. That's where you say yes, that comes to you, yes, right? And, and I did, when I declare there's victory, I say there's, there are chains to be destroyed in the place. When you set your faith in agreement with that, you're not only saying that over your own life, but over your brothers and your sisters. So there are chains to be destroyed. The promise, That promise belongs to us through our yes, amen. There's something of our voice that releases the kingdom of God. Something of our voice that releases something in heaven. I I don't want to just get you in a pitched response. I want to empower you to understand that when you speak, there's something released in the heaven realm. That's something that you have to bind in earth that's bound in heaven. Something you have to loose in earth that's loose in heaven. You have not because you ask not. That means there's some things God wants you to have that you'll never possess if you don't learn to pray. I believe there are some things God wants you to have that I'm going to release and speak that you will not have unless you say. That's for me. I tell you, that's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. My sons and daughters are going to grow up in the admonition of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would enter the room, that that we would see eternity begin breaking into this place, that you would help us understand we are a part of an orchestrated force by the hand of God to release the kingdom of God on the earth. We're not here to have church. We're not here to attend church. We're here because we are the church. We gather in the power of God Almighty, and there is a force that is released as we gather and step into a place in a posture of unity in Jesus' mighty name in Jesus name. I love the verse out of Job 27:23 and it's a principle revealed. It says, "I will hiss the enemy away by the clapping of my hands." So so yeah, it's <laughs> So like we we say bravo. Good word. Oh Lord, you're awesome. And to us, that's what we're doing. But what the enemy does, he put, clutches his hands over his, He hates our applause and our praise to the Lord our God. All it takes, if you are a married person, when another person comes to you and they start to flirt with you, all it takes is one endearing word toward your spouse, and it cuts that whole thing off. Isn't that amazing? The enemy comes and tries to sift you into an adulterous uh, adulterous spirit. It's really what that's about, temptation. The, the Babylonian whore written about in, in the book of Revelation, that, that whole thing you adulterous spirit to uh, James chapter 4 and the enemy's coming trying to sift us away and we actually have an endearing expression to the Lord our God and when we just move from temptation to a place of revelation of who he is in our life all we have to do is give an endearing expression and it just cuts that thing right off come on why don't you hiss the enemy away by the clapping of your hands today come on we bless you Lord we bless you Lord Thank you, Lord. Man, I just cannot say enough about how much I love and appreciate your pastors, your leadership team. Pastor Dustin and Jamie, uh, just so honored to be here anytime I have that opportunity. But we've known each other for a very long time. We go back before marriage, uh, relationship days. And uh, I just am thankful for what God's doing in this place and what God's entrusted to your care. How many know God's entrusted a lot to your care? So we want to be faithful with that. So there's this verse, and I know I haven't got to my slides yet, but this verse Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians, um, actually 2 Corinthians 13, he said, examine to see if you are in the faith. That's an interesting verse. Yes, it is. Examine to see if you are in the faith. Like You can be in the presence of God without the presence of God actually being in you. You can be in an amazing experience that is being provided for you and never let it in. You can be walking through your life, being completely held hostage by your giants, your mountains and your valleys. And you have a faith but you aren't necessarily walking by faith and that's what I want to address today. I just feel the Lord wants to really help us re-engage on a whole nother level. You can, your faith can diminish ever so slowly, so much so that you don't even realize that you have diminished capacity to believe for God's kingdom to break into the earth. You're a mighty force in the hand of God. How many of you know, uh, people show up in my office, couples show up in my office and they say, Pastor, we're having problems and we need to talk. And when I explore in those conversations, what happens is I normally figure out we needed to talk probably two years ago. Because when two years ago, when the relationship just needed a quart of oil to keep the engine running, uh, there was just neglect that continued over the course of time. Diminishment of capacity and relational disconnection began to happen. And now we've thrown a, a rod and we're coming in saying we need a quart of oil. You don't need a quart of oil. You've got to understand something. Divorce happens before divorce happens. Yeah. Wow. The same thing with our faith. I want, if you're sitting next to your spouse, just reach over and hold their hand. And I want you to squeeze like this: One, two, three, four. OK? One of you do that. Do you love me? That's what you're doing. Now the other person respond, "Yes, I do." And now you respond, "How much?" Now both of you squeeze. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> that's so sweet. See, for some of you, you're court low on oil, and that's a little bit difficult. You've thrown a rod, some of you don't even want to squeeze each other's hand. I believe coming to church, we've many times made it like going to the movies, it needs to be more like making like going to the gym. I want you to work out a little bit today. I want you to assess who you are, where you are, and what God's doing in your life in this moment in time. Do you need to work on the area of your marriage? Do you need to work on an area of your faith? Do you need to work on the area of your finances? Let's not just keep scaling it over and and producing a bunch of celebration and never really engaging in substance. I think there's a real problem in the body of Christ where we neglect the substance to pursue the celebration. And I'm here today to release something of substance in Jesus' name. Will you receive it? Because what happens over a gradual period of time, if we're not careful, we get disconnected from God's perspective and we're no longer aligned with God's nature. And our faith begins to diminish, and we're no longer conquering giants, and we're no longer climbing mountains, we're no longer cl- casting the mountain into the sea, and we're just kind of navigating through the circumstances that are coming our way, and we're hoping God will make the way easy. But you've got to understand, faith makes things possible, not easy. And if your faith is not strong, then what you're doing is begging God to make it easy, and you've lost the framework and the mindset of a fighter. So Holy Spirit, wake us up to understand... Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this room. There's a conversation God wants to have with each and every one of us today. I thank you, Jesus. You're the superstar. You are the superstar. Lord, I pray that you would deliver me from any effort in any way to try to impress anybody. Deliver all of us, Lord, from our selfish agendas. We all have them. We know, God. That insecurities outrun logic every day of the week. Help us, Lord, to be delivered from ourselves to look to you for your purposes to prevail in the name of Jesus. We pray for the 1130 service as people gather. You just begin to speak something to their heart in preparation for where you're going to take us today. But we pray for tonight as we gather in the third service. You just begin to prepare hearts today. They begin to have a sense and a witness. We're here today to embrace what God wants to do in us, but also to release something God wants to do in the lives of others. We're the ones that came first today to church. We're plowing up the ground. We're preparing the soil so that fruitfulness can result in the lives of those who come after us. In Jesus' mighty name amen Amen. so today I want to talk to you about conquering spiritual depression a lot of people don't even realize that they're suffering from spiritual depression it creeps in ever so slowly you don't realize it's happened you start just feeling spiritually depressed spiritually depressed what inspires you is not always what sustains you We are so given to this pursuit of pleasure in our society that the church is numbed down and dumbed down to embrace this concept of the pursuit of pleasure. And that's why we're so given to the pursuit of celebration and we neglect the pursuit of substance. Let me just tell you, Jesus is all about celebration. He's just not about celebration minus substance. Celebration is good. Celebration is what kind of gets the inroad. How many of you know when you first meet somebody with, I mean, you go way back, those of you that were squeezing each other's hand, you go way back when you first met, there was a certain celebration that happened, but that celebration had to come with some substance over the course of time, or that relationship never would have survived and been what it is today. And then you understand what celebration really is after you've built the substance in place. That's the kingdom of God. So are you spiritually healthy? Like I'm talking to you. I'm not just talking blanket. I'm talking to you. God's having a conversation with you individually. Are you spiritually healthy? Where's your heart? Where's your mind? Where's your emotion? Where are your, where's your spirit? Are you spiritually healthy? I, I just, I want to challenge you. Um, I am I'm about to say, you know, some things that will be challenging. Obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm a little in your face today, aren't I? Uh, but I do want to just mention to you, because I'm not going to go into a lot of this, but I do want you to know what what inspires you isn't always what sustains you. And I want to challenge you for some sustaining, perpetual revelation that will help you. Uh, I posted something this morning on my blog, PastorDude.com. If you follow any of my social media, Twitter, Instagram, it's all Pastor Dude, And it'll take you right to the link. Um, Facebook as well is there, but But I posted this just a way that you can understand what I'm driving toward today is to help you understand God's plan for you to explore and experience his presence in your personal life in the word and in prayer. And I've listed on there a prayer strategy that God's given me that I've just been cultivating, engaging in. I have learned the, the apostle prayer in Scripture, the apostle, apostolic prayers in Scripture, and I've been praying those and declaring those. And i just give you an explanation. You know, sometimes we just need a model. Sometimes we just need an example. My dad wasn't ever around when I was growing up. I didn't have a father to teach me how to father. I had to learn that. I didn't have somebody to model those things, and so I just want to give you a few examples of some models so you can go on there, and it's a very elaborate post with a 60-second video expression on there, too, to explain a few things, Uh, and I I did all that this morning just so you'd have that uh, available that I could kind of focus on because I want to equip you. I want to empower. I don't want to just inspire you. I want to empower you. I want to leave you with something. So there are three books in the lobby and there's a family right now going through a lot in our church and I'm I'm just I always try and aim proceeds of the book toward a need. Normally I do it through the orphanages that we support but in this situation the proceeds of the book are going to go to help a family that's really going through uh, a lot, And so uh, buy all the books, if you would. I brought 200 books. There are three different books out there. Uh, one, is, one is a book. Chris, I want you to, to get this book. It's called 180 Degree Turnaround. I want to give it to you if you just t- go out and tell them. I'm Chris, and they'll give it to you. But this is a book about complete turnaround in our lives, and I've had professional counselors and pastors now reach out to me online who've gotten the book, and it's the first required appointment for counseling. They, they won't have a meeting with somebody until they learn about the process of change. It's a real easy read. The guy that did the cover uh, is a former homeless, homeless meth addict. Uh, I believe we can change. There's change in the house, change in the world. God can transform our lives. And, and God just gave a revelation, gave me a revelation of what that change looks like. So That's out there. Deeper, more meaningful life. How many of you like that little hand squeeze idea? See, life's not about having the most of what you want. It's about making the most of what you have. And so I fill that book with concepts like the hand squeeze, concepts about how I dated my daughters who are now 15 and 16, concepts about how I journaled pictures of their growing up, taking their first steps, different things. And when they turned old enough to uh, to have the purity conversation and get the purity ring with dad, I presented them a 140-page bound journal of their life. So Deeper, More Meaningful Life is all these ideas about how I dated my wife, spent time with my girls, uh, about just deeper, more meaningful expressions of friendship and relationship. So I suggest you get that. But today what I really want to focus on is this book that's just come out it's not even available online yet on Amazon but I brought a hundred copies of this it's Religious Confusion and here's the thing this is the basis of what I want to talk to you about and I encourage you to get they're ten bucks for the books uh, but I encourage you to get these because again what inspires you isn't what sustains you and I'm going to tell you some things already you've heard some things that you've got to think about would you agree? I tend to hurl statements out there and people are like trying to write it and and then they're trying to think about the next statement and and it's just because I work hard to take grand concepts and really try and understand them on a concentrated expression. I I was born for Twitter, I think. I love 140 characters. You know, and I just like to bring it all down into little expressions and phrases and and things like the, the essence of this was, to be honest with you, I came to the point where I was ready to abandon church. Can anybody relate? Some people aren't leaving church because they are leaving their faith. Some people are leaving church because they're trying to rescue their faith. And I, I'm, I pastor a church, I'm not a church hater, don't get me wrong, it's easy to be a movie critic. Easier to be a movie critic than it is to be a movie maker. Easier to be a food critic than it is to be a chef. Easier to be a church critic than it's to be a church builder. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me that I was to engage and hang in there and stay in there and do everything within my power to help the church become the healthy bride He's called her to be. When I look at the blueprint of Scripture, I want to see the blueprint of Scripture expressed in the body of Christ, and I believe we've deviated from that in many ways, but I believe God's bringing her back, and I want to address some of those things, and cover to cover this thing, I already tell you, I'm already getting a little bit of hate mail out of it, uh, cover to cover this thing attacks some of our sacred ideologies that are actually more born out of cultural ideology than they are biblical. Theology. Let me give you an illustration. I want to find someone who will make me happy. Churches embrace this—stupidest thing ever. I want to find someone that'll make me happy, and then we we get up and we tell people, write your list. Tell tell God the things you want, things you want in a mate to make you happy. And after all, your pursuit of happiness is your God-given constitutional right, Americans. I just want you to understand just because it's constitutionally endorsed doesn't mean it's a biblical idea And this cultural ideology of using somebody to make me happy means I'm using them not loving them And it has nothing to do with the biblical premise of the relationship God wants to use the relationship to make you more like Jesus That's what he wants to do with the relationship Come on, why don't you hiss the enemy away? I need some help today Come on! Hey! We're here to move forward We didn't show up in this place to sit on our heels. Some people need to stand up and declare, walk the dog, Bishop, sometime when I'm preaching here. Whatever you have to do, I want you to call it down on your own life today. Here's the problem with religious confusion, and it's why religious confusion is so prevalent. We believe what we believe. How many of you believe what you believe? And like i'm gonna i, I preach you a message today on whatever it is and i and i ask you at the conclusion because i frame it around scripture and i say do you believe and you say yes we believe and i say will you behave and you say yes we'll behave how many of you have done this before and then you walk out and you did not behave can i just see your hand a bunch of sinners here's why you do believe what you believe but you love what you love more than you believe what you believe And that's why Jesus came and He said, all this discussion about what you believe lands on one thing. What do you love? Love God. Love others. See, you believe what you believe, but you love what you love even more than you believe what you believe. That's why you have a hard time. Though you believe, it's difficult to behave. Because you're having a love affair with the seductress of the world. that's enticing you into a way of thinking and a perspective that never was intended by God to be the basis of your beliefs. And we start searching after and lusting after the things the world has to offer and applying scriptures and believing God. God, I'm believing, God, give me this, I want this, this is what, and it's all about us and the measure of our faith just becomes something we use to sustain us when we have faith to actually change the world. Religious confusion. Today's church, church of our generation seems to know where God's been rather than where God is going. We focus a lot on what God has said rather than what God is saying. And I believe God is saying something for us to pay attention to if we'll wake up. And I'm saying to you, the Holy Spirit's been having a conversation with me. And I, I want to I listen to the Spirit today. The Lord spoke some things to me about a few of you uh, while we were in worship. I was just kind of looking around and, and just trying to listen. And you on the second row, young lady, what's your name? Uh, would you just stand up? As you were standing here, I just heard the Holy Spirit say that he was going to put in your heart an incredible drive to understand humanitarian efforts of your day, of your generation. I mean, it was just amazing. I looked over at you right here. I looked over and I just saw just an amazing revelation in you of humanitarian efforts. Like there are people all around the world who need to know not just the love of Jesus, but the rescuing power of those who love Jesus. And you carry that. So we just release that over you now in Jesus' mighty name. And the Holy Spirit said to me, as you guys, I mean, I know what's been going on. I've been a part of the journey with you. I'm constantly having conversations with Pastor Dustin. I've been in in discussions with Pastor Steve and all those things through the whole journey of all the transition and the wonderful place where you are today. And I understand, I'm not talking to you by the Spirit of God when I say, you've entered into a wonderful season of accelerated growth and development. Isn't that a wonderful thing? But I heard the Holy Spirit say that it actually will pale in comparison to the next season of accelerated growth that God is taking. You into, and I just uh, I just heard the Lord over you, Tyler Wooten and Jaylee, Jaylee. Why don't you two stand? Man, you were bringing it in worship, Jaylee. I heard the Lord just saying over you um, a couple of things, and so. I, I, I want to just be faithful to release this but I heard the Lord saying over you that the faithfulness that you carried in the process and loyalty that you carried in the process of your journey of transition because I know you've made a recent transition and you I, I mean I don't even know any of the details of that but I heard the Lord saying he's very pleased with how loyal you were in that process how painful that was for you yet you remained loyal and faithful and because of that he's bringing incredible fruitfulness into your life and I heard the Lord say you will be rooted here but you will branch out it will be a very large branch of incredible fruitfulness, but your roots will remain in this house. You're here on purpose, you're here on assignment. And that branch, I saw that branch is growing larger and larger. There's an incredible increase coming to your life. People are gonna get saved because of your faithfulness. No, Jesus. Come on, we're hissing the enemy away. Hey! I want what God wants. I want to hear what God wants to say. I want to do what God wants to do. Not just because I believe, but because I love, because my heart is overwhelmed with an affection for Him. That's why I want to challenge you to get on that blog and read about how you can faithfully read your Bible. So There have been people in our church that have grown up in church and now they're well into their latter years of life and they've told me, I've never read the whole Bible until you started introducing this idea and it's all on that blog for you. And now like people that have been in church all their life that have never read the whole Bible suddenly found a method that they could read the Bible. When my girls turned 12 years old, I didn't want them to know my God. I wanted them to know their God. That's where the idea was born. And I began to share with my 12 and 13-year-old daughters. This is a concept, and I want to share this idea. And they started reading through Scripture, and now they're 15 and 16, and they've read the Bible through two times on their own. I never asked them again, are you doing it? We would have devotions, and they would be sharing. I just believe God wants to awaken something in the church. Awaken us. We're suffering from spiritual depression. We know what it is to have a faith, but many people do not know what it is to live by faith. Let me say again we know what it is to have a faith, but many people do not know what it is to live by faith. I can't believe Pastor Chris got up here and talked about giving. Everybody's wondering, where is he going now? (laughs) Giving has always been a part of God's plan for worship because it breaks the spirit of materialism off of your life. He doesn't want you to be bound in materialism. God doesn't just want you to learn to be generous. He wants you to learn to prioritize the eternal priorities of God. And the church is a part of the priority of what God is doing in this world. We need to be generous in the church. Your church needs to be financially strong. Your church needs to be spiritually strong. Your church needs to be emotionally strong. Your church needs to be serving, giving, loving, strong we will change the world that's who we are we we're world changers you were never created to live out a life that you could live without god's help that's the nature of faith we have a faith but we don't like risky business we just want god to bless our comfortable lives See, faith makes things possible, not easy. And we suffer spiritual depression when we step into this attitude of believing for easy rather than having a fighting framework in our mindset. Did you hear what I said? Faith to us is believing God for it to be easy. Easy. And you're suffering spiritual depression if that's the case. I want you to know, you can be thrown in a den full of lions and come out unscathed. That's the kind of God we serve. You can be thrown into a fire and you can come out not even smelling like smoke. That's the God that we serve. Faith is not for you to get your way easy. Faith is a fighting component in your life. Faith says, I don't care what stares me in the eyes. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. His divine power has given us everything we need. You lack nothing. Two people can be having the exact same experience with two totally different responses. Another one of our network churches in Indianapolis, Paul Slagle leads the church. His son Charlie talked his grandmother, Robin, into going on a roller coaster. Here's a picture of Charlie and Robin on a roller coaster together. That is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Look at her. Charlie is having the time of his life, and Robin is scared to death two people can be having the exact same experience with two completely different responses a friend of mine in the UK went on a fishing excursion with about 20 friends and he said they went out on this boat out into the deep sea and a huge storm came up that was unexpected he said about half the guys got scared to death went into the hull of the boat and they just kinda hunkered down in there and threw up until they dry heaved because of all the shaking of the boat he said that he and a few of the other guys went out and there's a rail on the perimeter of the ship and they tied themselves to the rail of the perimeter of the ship and as they were standing there, he said it was the craziest thing because they had fastened themselves, they knew they weren't going anywhere, but when the ship would go up, above the the waves he said it looked like we were flying in the sky you couldn't even see water and it would come down, he said you couldn't even see sky and there were a few times the boat actually went under the water, they had to hold, can you imagine had to hold their breath and when they came back up they shot up in the sky he said it was the most amazing experience of my life and they got back to the deck and whenever they, they pulled in and they got off the boat, half the guys got off and they said that was the worst day of my life and half the guys got off and they said that was the best day of my life And some people face Goliath like Saul faced Goliath, and some people face Goliath like David faced Goliath. I'm here to raise up a spirit of David in the body of Christ! Come on! What are you made of? What are you made of? We must refuse to allow ourselves to be defined by temporal pain. Rather than the eternal purposes of God. Life is hard. Stop using your faith to ask God to make it easy. Your faith is not a component given to you to make life easy. Your faith is a component to require the kingdom of heaven to break into this room right now. To break into your household right now. To break into your marriage, into your friendship, into your workplace, into your neighborhood. Mm. Spiritual depression results When frustration and disappointment lessen the fire of God in our lives. Over the course of time, frustration and disappointment beat us down until we no longer have a fighter's attitude and faith. We simply are saying, God, just remove the mountain. God, just remove the obstacle. God, just remove the giant. God, just remove the valley. And I just want to say, you've got what it takes. You've got what it takes. Are you spiritually... Healthy. This is crazy. This is I, I, last week I started focusing on this verse. This is so challenging. It's 2 Peter 1 8. It says, if you possess these qualities, this is the continuation. You've been given everything you need. And then it goes on, add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, breath kindness, brother kindness, self- uh, love. He gives this whole progression of these qualities. And here we are, verse 8. It says, For if you possess these qualities in increasing, in increasing measure. If you possess these qualities in what? Increasing. You, you didn't learn humility. You learn humility. You didn't learn the revelation of truth or love or grace. You learn. It's, a, it's not what God said. It's about God saying. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being what? Oh Ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is entirely possible that we can slowly diminish our faith to the place where we are no longer productive or effective in our knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is still alive. Wow. We train our faith to shut up and sit down if we allow our circumstances to be in control. Wow. Wow. Harold was going in for a very elaborate Heart procedure, multiple four, I think four bypass, something. It was an eight hour surgery. And I drove to the hospital to pray for Harold. And as I was driving, the Holy Spirit just prompted me, the surgery's gonna take half as long, and his recovery will be twice as fast. So I didn't make a big deal of it. I didn't go in and 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 announce over the intercom. I didn't, I didn't get in the woo! holy spirit expression i just i just went in i just went in and i said harold i know you're about to go back into surgery i just wanted to let you know so i was driving over here the holy spirit said your procedure is going to take half the time and you're going to recover twice as fast and he looked at me and said pastor i received that see the promises of god belong to us through our yes yes and amen and the nurse i saw the nurse the nurse kind of eyeballed us she had the stank eye You've seen that before, huh? And his eight-hour surgery took three hours and 57 minutes, and his recovery was clearly twice as fast. It was an amazing, amazing thing. You see, when your revelation gets bigger than your environment, you'll no longer live a life of confinement. But so many people are steeped in religious confusion. They don't even understand. It's not about what God said and trying to stir up faith to believe what God said, hoping He removes all the bad stuff. It's about taking up my faith as a tool, as a weapon, and declaring circumstances will not hold me captive. You know, my wife, um, she and I have been married for 26 years and she is the babe of the universe. And we have had some awesome opportunities to travel. uh, We've been to some all-inclusive. Anyone ever been to an all-inclusive? I mean, it's like a cruise ship on land. It's just kind of crazy. And so uh, this is what we figured out. If you go to an all-inclusive in Jamaica, and you go to an all-inclusive in Cancun, you go to an all-inclusive in Bahamas, you didn't actually go to Jamaica, Cancun, or the Bahamas. You went to an all-inclusive. <laughs> you understand? Like, you didn't experience the culture. You experienced an all-inclusive. And so what we realized is we weren't born for merely having an experience. We were born to explore. Now, this applies to you. So we've learned every time we go anywhere now, the first thing we do, we get all situated, and the first night at any place where we are, we ask at the front desk, we need an English-speaking cab driver for four hours tomorrow morning. And the next morning at 8 o'clock, we're down there, and the cab picks us up, and we ask, will you show us whatever you would want your family to see if you had family members come to visit? Like, if you were going to show the culture of your land... What would you show them? And we take four hours of just going, and I just gotta tell you, it's a, it's a different world. See, what happens is we all settle in to merely experience the experience that other humans will provide, and we don't begin to explore what God desires us for. Listen, you guys have a great place of experience here. The problem is you weren't born for a mere experience. This is exactly why interns in our place, I don't know about yours, Interns in our place, they come in and they're in like this this training and and atmosphere and in the conclusion of it, some of them just lose their mind and go crazy. You know why? Because they have settled for an experience that somebody is providing and they've never really learned to explore. You were not born to settle for an experience. You were born to explore. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.